2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and
0: taxes and fees may vary.
3: Hello, fellow patriots and liberty lovers everywhere getting underway here at Wednesday, the Hump Day edition at uh, six minutes after four. And joined, as always, this day, this time by... My pal, the uh, the top dog, the big cheese, the big kahuna from a uh, fan of SC, Dave Schwartz. Dave, how you doing, buddy?
0: Bobby Mack, happy Wednesday.
3: You too, sir. Uh, it's been gorgeous here all week long, yes. but we're about ready to batten down the hatches with the uh, remnants of uh, whichever of the uh, Greek hurricanes <laughs> headed <laughs> in our direction. Oh, man. You, you, would, think, you would think, Bob, that
0: somebody – at wherever whatever group runs this thing, I don't know if it's the National Hurricane Center or World Hurricane Center, or whatever. You think they come up with a better idea than just naming after Greek letters? Yeah. I mean, come on.
3: Yeah, it. You know? it, it we can go through the alphabet again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. You, you know where uh, I've I've mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating. The way this got started, uh, NOAA, now National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, mm-hmm. but in in the early days was just referred to as NWS, the National Weather Service, right? Right, right. And the way they started with hurricanes was they did it by location, kind of similar right. to the way the CDC used to uh, describe various uh, <laughs> right. various flus as where they originated from, right? Now,
0: now, Bob, you can call it the Spanish flu, but you can't call it the Chinese coronavirus.
3: <laughs> no, you can't. You can't do that.
0: That's racist. Yeah, it that is race? racist.
3: That's right. It, it's it shows prejudice. It shows prejudice against the very people that put us in this spot to begin with. No, so, but 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 I digress. So you would have, for instance, uh, the uh, the Florida Keys hurricane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have the Galveston hurricane, one of the worst ever in uh, 1900. That was Labor Day, in 1900, and then. Mm-hmm sometime in the late 40s, early 50s, somebody at the NWS said, you know, we ought to start giving these hurricanes names. And somebody else said, well, okay, what names are we going to use? And he said, I've got it. I'll use the names of the wives of politicians that I dislike. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Yeah, and so You they- see
0: what happens when you let bureaucrats <laughs> run wild.
3: Yeah. You know, right? Exactly. I mean we could have Hurricane Nancy, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the other the other guy said, Hurricane Yeah, it's a Michelle. great that's a great idea. So they, they started right. using that and, and of course uh, eventually uh, political correctness reared its ugly head sometime, I guess, early eighties, and somebody said, Wait a minute. We don't have any Hispanic names in there. We don't have any right. Muslim names in there. We don't have right, any, right. you know, whatever, Chinese names. We don't have any Mandarin-named hurricanes in there. So, right. Right. Uh, so that, this is how we ended up where we were. And they knew, well, at least uh, the, the guy that's the foremost authority on this, Dr. Bill Gray, who's now retired from uh, Colorado State University, he's, he's the uh, recognized hurricane expert emeritus. Said, yeah, it's going to be a big hurricane season this year, which is why they had as many names as they did, and still obviously didn't have enough. So,
0: well, look, we've been blessed this year with the hurricane not Yeah, I mean, you know that that you know, and I and I can tell you down here, you know, in Charleston, uh, where I live. I mean, the the water temperature is significantly cooler than it was at this time last year, which you know is a is a good thing for us. You bet. Um, and It makes it less likely for. You know, that, that late October hurricane to sneak up on you.
3: But, yeah, and, uh, and the steering currents have uh, taken all of these storms uh, yeah. into the Gulf of Mexico rather than bringing them to the southeast coast of the United States. And uh, thank God yeah. for that.
4: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, if
3: we could that's just right. do something about the uh, politicians up the road from you in Colombia and their nefarious right. ways, uh, then, uh, well, you know, we'd, we'd be on the right track.
0: We would be, Bob, and, um, you know, it's been a while since we've spoken about the roads, um, you know, here in the state of South Carolina, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, you know, we haven't spoken a while about it, but not much has changed, uh, yeah. sadly, and, you know, the last report, um, you know, is, is, as we've talked about before, every month, um, the SCDOt is required to come out with you know, the ins and outs of, of the new gas tax hike that they passed in 2017. And right. um, the nerve.org, the investigative journalism uh, group in Columbia, follows that and tracks it for us. And they report every month, you know, giving us what's happening and, and where's our money going and where is it being spent. And the last report was really uh, excellent. And uh, look, they collected $1.4 billion Bob, since 2017, $1.4 with a B.
3: That's a bunch of money. Um,
0: and that that was enough. And that's just from the new gas tax. Like, that's not counting the old 16 and three quarter cent on right. gas. Like, this is the new, just the new part, the two, four, six, eight cents now that we're paying extra. They collected $1.4 billion. Bob, that would be enough to cover all of their priority commitments that they said they had to get done uh, when they passed this tax. Hike. But, but, the big B, B U T. They have $600 million just rotting away in their banking office. So They've only spent about 60% of the money that's come in, and that's really one of the biggest reasons why our roads aren't getting fixed. They're not spending the money on the projects they promised to fix, right, the farm-to-market roads, those roads that we use every day to get to work, you know, to drop the kids off at school, to get to sure. church on Sunday. Those are the roads that they promised to fix. And so here we are, three and, and and some change, three years and some change later. They've collected all the money from us that they said they needed to get these repairs jump started, but the roads still aren't being fixed. Well, and, what's and their, Bob, here was one of the- what,
3: what's their rationale for letting all this money uh, sit idle, six hundred million dollars, when it could be used to fix the roads that so desperately needed. What's their rationale yeah. for for not spending it?
0: Well, that's a great question for your politicians, right? Your state representative, your state senator, the governor—those are the three politicians that appoint and control DOT. That's a great question for them. But the excuse, that, the the excuse du jour that I've heard, Bob, the mm-hmm. latest one, right. right, is that they don't have enough workers and contractors to do all these projects, and that's what th- this nerve article that that um, they wrote just last week about this really. I mean, it debunks that in, in, in that these contractors, they go through – the nerd went through and looked at all of the contractors that were getting money from DOT over the last three years. Right. And if you look at the amount of money they're getting for the projects, that the priority projects, it pales in comparison to the other projects that they're getting paid to do. And, Bob, let me tell you another thing. You go through that list of contractors – that is the exact, almost two eighty, a Bob, the exact list of contractors that lobbied Boku bucks <laughs> to get that gas tax hike passed. So really what you're seeing here is you're seeing that the, the, our politicians who passed this tax hike, they are paying back the folks that lobbied so hard to get the tax hike passed. Right. And they're paying them through these contracts. And all, all the while, these priority projects, right? the repaving projects, the projects that we so desperately need because our roads are still crumbling, they're being put aside and they're paying these contractors and these workers to do pet projects and and projects that we don't need fixed right away. That's what's happening here. And, and again, this whole, well, we don't have enough workers and we don't have enough contractors. It's like, Bob, I saw a billboard on the side of the road the other day leaving Greenville, you know, begging people to come to work for the contractors. I think they got plenty of workers. Yeah. I don't think workers is the problem here. Contractors, there are plenty of There are contractors in the state that I've spoken with personally, face-to-face, Bob. They come to us and say, we're begging for work from DOT. We would love to have more work to rebuild our bridges and, and, and fix those roads. But they're funneling all the money to these pet projects where they're getting – and they're funneling into these contractors that are their buddies, the lobbyists that got that tax-like, that helped get that tax-like passed. So you have this double whammy of not only are they not spending the money where they promised on these priority projects, the one that we desperately fixed, right. but now they're, they're funneling the money to these contractors, their favorite contractors, to roast that we don't need fixed. Yeah. It, it, it's, just, it's, a, it's sad, Bob. They lied. Look, these legislators lied straight out. They knew this is how it's going to end up. They knew this was the plan all along was to funnel money to this pet project. You know, they put up that priority list. That, that, it's a nice list. I mean, you know, it's all it's in five different locations on the DOT website. You have to piece it together like a, uh, you know, uh, an like investigative report puzzle. if you want to find yeah, it. Right. But, but there are projects out there that badly need help, that badly need to be redone. I mean, we were just the other day, Bob, we were in, uh, in Spartanburg, Moore, in town of Moore, Old Georgia Road. I mean, this road was beat to heck. It's yeah. a state highway. It's maintained by SCDOT. We were out there with some neighbors the other day. Man, they, they said it's been 20 years since that road's been repaved. It's been promised over and over and over again they were going to get it. And Bob, they're still not fixing it. You know, and and that's the thing. So we have got to hold these legislators and the governor accountable. That is who was responsible for SEDOT. That's who appoints the DOT commission, and that's who funds DOT every year. They vote to fund DOT. They vote to approve DOT's budget every single year. That's who we have to hold accountable. So. If you're out there listening right now, hey, what can I do? My road is crumbling. I want answers about my specific road. Text the word Pothole, P-O-T-H-O-L-E, Pothole, to the number 52886 on your cell phone. Pothole to 52886 on your cell phone. And that will send a direct message to your state politicians demanding answers about your roads. Because, Bob, I tell you, that's what I hear most often when we drive around, when we talk to folks is, These back roads, these farm-to-market roads that folks live on, they they go to work on, those are the ones that badly need to be fixed, and they're the ones that are getting ignored right now.
3: Yeah, you know, people, and I hear it all the time, too. Uh, I've had three flat tires driving on the same section of road. My front end is knocked out of alignment all the time. Uh, The wheel bearings are shot from uh, potholes that are so deep. Chinese voices can be heard coming out of them, you know, <laughs> and, and it, it, it's just a never, and, and, you know, the overarching disturbing thing about this is, you know, you've got lobbyists uh, who are down there who are working for, uh, in this instance, uh, these contractors. Yeah. Uh, and, yes. and, and once again, we see that, uh, the guys that, that, uh, Pay to play, the, the guys Correct. that make sure that uh, they, they spend big bucks lobbying for, in this case, uh, the gas tax hike of uh, three going on four years ago now, they're the ones that end up being the beneficiaries of this. And it would be one thing if it was only this particular instance about the roads, but it's through everything. This is, yeah. this is just one example.
0: No no you're exactly right and and that's the thing and the 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 point of entry on this one the the leverage point here is your state representative, your yeah. state senator, the governor right those are the that's the leverage point these lobbyists, these contractors they don't get contracts without the approval of these state politicians without the approval of your politicians so that's why we set up the way that we did with these calls to action is look. Forget DOT. They're a middleman. They do what the politicians, they do what our politicians tell them to do. Don't go to them. Don't talk to them about your road or your street that needs to be repaired. Go straight to your politicians, because ultimately, Bob, what it comes down to, what it really all boils down to is that's who's in charge. Your state representative, your state senator, the governor, that's who's in charge, and that's who's responsible for the condition of your road. And you can do that right now. Pitch the word pothole. To five two eight eight six pothole. To five two eight eight six. Send that message. Demand answers from your politicians. If they're supposed to be representing you in Columbia, demand answers from them. When is your road going to get fixed? Right. Why are they funneling money to these pet projects? Why are these contractors that that lobbied so hard to get that gas tax like that? Why are they the only ones? that are making millions and millions of dollars off of this when other contractors in the state, other workers in the state, badly want work. Bob, they want to go to work to fix our roads, but they can't because these contractors are the favored ones. They're the favored sons in all this. They're the ones that lobby for it, so they're getting the kickback here on the back end of it. And, Bob, I will tell you this real fast. This has worked in the past. Go ask Steve Hudson down in Piedmont Mm -hmm. about Highway 20 and his bridge. Right. was it started out. He didn't know what to do. He contacted us. He heard you on the radio, heard us on the radio. He texted Power Holder 52886, started putting pressure on his legislators, started organizing in his neighborhood about the bridge that was busted out in Piedmont. And then finally they got that thing fixed. And it all started, it all started with a text message and a message to your legislators, to his legislators. That's how it gets started. So if you want your road fixed, Start holding these politicians that represent us in Columbia accountable because that's who's responsible for our bank roads.
3: Yeah, you know, the way to look at it is all these businesses, they have their paid lobbyists in Columbia, but nobody is lobbying for you except us. So look at what we're doing as the lobbying arm for the people.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's empowering folks, right? Yeah. These, These are our employees, Bob. These politicians are our employees. They're not royalty. They're not gods. They're not demigods. Uh, they they work for us, they're our employees. And when we start treating them like employees, when we start empowering citizens, your listeners, to start treating them like the employees that they are, they will start to listen. And once the pressure builds, we will get these roads fixed. But yep. it's got to be a lot of folks and a lot of voices getting in there and demanding action and demanding accountability.
3: Absolutely. Dave Schwartz with the Freedom Action Network of South Carolina. Dave, thanks as always. Uh, you can follow Freedom Action Network uh, on the web as well.
0: Yep, Facebook.com forward slash fan of SC. Facebook.com forward slash fan of SC. We're also on Twitter at fan of SC and we're also on Parlor.
3: Good deal. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the time and we'll talk to you next week, my friend.
0: Thanks, Bob. Talk to you soon.
3: You bet. Four twenty one here on the Bobby Mac Show. Take a quick break here and then right back with more as we cruise on here on Hump Day on W O R D. Very superstitious, uh, which reminds me, coming up on Friday show, uh, we have uh, put together a, a list of some of the uh, scariest Halloween movies of all time and some of the top catchphrases from uh, some of the uh, best horror movies of all time as well. All that will be coming up on uh, Friday. Uh, in on the text line 71307, um, uh, Hi, Bobby. I was told by several friends working in various retail businesses that their policy now is to leave the mask wearing sign out asking that you wear a mask but they are not to question or ask someone who isn't wearing one to put one on i've tried it and so far so good three weeks and counting Uh, i have yet to ever be questioned Uh, Not wearing a mask. I've gotten a fishy look every so often, but uh, that's about it. Uh, Bobby, I tried to get the DOT to deliver some orange cones so I could mark our potholes for them. From (laughs) Gerald in in Cowpens. Hey, Bob, Dave Schwartz's rant about the roads reminded me about this observation. You know, in some parts of Europe, they drive on the left-hand side of the road. In South Carolina, we drive on what's left of it. From Tony and Pickens. ay yi uh, Hey, Bobby, I work in the asphalt industry. We are currently working at 80% manpower. So there is some truth to the fact that the contractors are shorthanded. Yeah, Dave mentioned that, that uh, contractors were saying, hey, you know, we'd like to have more people. We'd also like to have more work. Uh, I'm working 65 to 70 hours a week. It's difficult to do much more without the manpower. Wages are good. Seems like people just don't want to work. Bobby, they paved our road, and it's got more bumps now than it had before it was paved. Ay ay aye. Uh, Bobby, about the hurricane naming, late 70s when we switch from uh, women's names to add men's names. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere around there. Uh, Bobby, brace yourself. The Hugh Weatherman hurricane is on the way, but not to worry. His family just so happens to own a hurricane cleanup business, and they'll be first in line to pick up a paycheck and clean up the debris. Gotcha. Gotcha. here on the Bobby Mack Show. Annie is ready to update us from the news center. And I am right back on the other side. We'll talk about this North Carolina Senate race. Cal Cunningham fighting a sexting scandal against uh, Tom Tillis in a uh, really close race up there. Be right back.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Welcome back. 4.37 now, 23 before 5 here on the Bobby Mac Show. Uh, I mentioned this, uh, the, a lot of discussion ongoing about uh, Lindsey Graham's Senate race against uh, Jamie Harrison, uh, who is uh, running probably stronger than expected, not necessarily because he's such a great candidate, uh, but because so many people have been uh, not exactly thrilled, as that for putting it diplomatically, with Lindsey's performance uh, on on Capitol Hill over the last six years. Uh, Across the border, Uh, You folks there in the Tar Heel State are seeing another tight race. North Carolina Democrat candidate Cal uh, Cal Cunningham running against Tom Tillis. And Cunningham has been, if you believe the polling data, yeah, right, uh, anywhere from two to five or six points ahead of uh, Tillis. Uh, But his one-time lead is now in jeopardy after revelations the end of last week and the start of this, of some steamy text messages with a woman who is not his wife and evidence the affair was more serious. Oh! uh Yeah. According uh, to an elections policy analyst, uh, the sexting scandal could threaten Cunningham's bid for the Senate seat. So you had to be smart enough to be an election analyst to figure out that if a bunch of sexting text messages get out, it could hurt your campaign. I think the timing of the affair is more damaging to Cunningham than the physicality of it, said Andy Jackson of the Civitas Institute uh, to Fox News. To do something like this in July, after he secured his party's nomination last March, suggests an arrogance and a lack of sound judgment that is more likely to give potential supporters pause than if this is something that had happened a couple of years ago. uh, Cunningham's team said yesterday he will stay in the Senate race, but the married father of two couldn't withdraw even if he wanted to because of North Carolina law. Once the ballots go out, you can't withdraw your name, so he's in. Jackson said, adding that military and overseas ballots were mailed out starting September 4th. The party knows they don't have a choice but to stick with Cunningham. There's nothing legally binding about a withdrawal. They've got to make the best out of this situation. Cunningham was ahead in the polls throughout the summer, raked in a record-setting $28.3 million in donations over the past three months. That's one thing. Uh, the National Democrats have been doing is funneling a lot of money. They did it to Jamie Harrison's race and they've been doing it to Cunningham uh, Cunningham as well. Add to that North Carolina voters record for ousting every modern incumbent senator after one term and Cunningham appeared to be on a path to a win. His opponent, Tom Tillis, has had problems generating enthusiasm among his conservative base Cunningham's path was much simpler. Grab those undecided voters in the middle. What appeared to be a simple race is now much more complex. Cunningham's apologized for the text messages with public relations strategist Arlene Todd Guzman, but his campaign declined to comment on evidence that the two were intimate as recently as July Senator Tillis and his allies are trying to exploit a personal matter and are ignoring a family's request for privacy, blah, 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 the usual. The North Carolina Democrat Party likely to stay mum on the issue, although they have chastised candidates on occasion. Last week, the party distanced itself from Jenna Wadsworth, a Democrat candidate for state agriculture commissioner, after she posted a video appearing gleeful over President Trump's COVID-19 diagnosis. It was easy for the Democrat Party to throw Wadsworth under the bus because she was already a long-shot candidate. Uh, They're going to stick with Cunningham, though, both because they have to and because there is hope he can weather this storm. Yeah, and also because they've got $28.3 million invested in the guy to this point with uh, more on the way. To the phones we go. Uh, Let's head to Greer and bring in Richard here on the Bobby Mac Show. Hi, Richard, and welcome to the program.
5: Hello, Bobby. Uh, Just quickly, I wanted to mention something else. It's related to these elections. It's causing people to go crazy. Uh, (laughs) There's a a, a famous filmmaker, a black filmmaker, uh, Spike Lee who I see on the news has just come out with a statement he's made that is just so far out of whack that the guy's deranged. He said that if Trump is elected, he may bring back slavery and cause a civil war. Oh, my God.
3: Oh, jeez. I guess guess, uh, he must be getting his... Spike Lee must be getting his talking points from the Biden campaign. Because you remember in 2016... Uh, Biden was going around uh, saying, you know, that uh, that if Obama didn't win, uh, the Republicans, let me quote him. uh, They want to put you all back in chains is what he said. Yes,
5: (laughs) I remember that. uh, I I got a couple of uh, uh, words to describe that the bias and lying are just over the top right now. And if it isn't those two things, it's brainwashing. Yeah, I think those are the only three things that can fit the categories these Democrats are in. I'll let you go, Bobby. Good talking to you. Thank you,
3: Richard. I appreciate that. You know, uh, the dictionary doesn't define racism as only whites being racist against blacks. I think the dictionary defines racism as anyone who harbors a belief that one race is superior to another or attacks one race over another. So by that definition, is Spike Lee not racist? And many of these others. Uh, Quickly, let's uh, go to uh, Greenville and bring in Nemo here on the Bobby Matt Show. Hi, Nemo. Welcome to the program.
4: It's been a long time. How are you? Good. Thank you. Uh, got a buddy who lives in Greensboro, and he says that Cal Cunningham uh, has got a little bit of another problem. Apparently, he was fooling around with some other military officer's wife Ow. and got caught of that. And that's uh, a UCMJ uh, uh, chargeable offense, I believe.
3: Yeah, it certainly is. It is a court-martial offense uh, to be involved in an extramarital affair. Yep.
4: Man. So he may have additional problems than a little bit of uh, spicy texting there.
3: Yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a, a story out of I guess California uh, in, the, in the last few days too. A woman uh, uh, reporting on social media that a friend of hers had been having an ongoing affair for something like ten or twelve years with Cunningham, and and now these revelations came out, and the other. The other woman, the second woman, uh, was was upset, and the woman who released this information said, well, you know the old saying, if he'll cheat with you, he'll cheat with somebody else.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, you all got to take this with a grain of salt because there's no hard evidence that I know of But yeah. uh, you, you know. It is, it just is something, uh, just something to keep in mind.
3: Yeah, although uh, he has not denied it.
4: Well. Oh, there you go.
3: Yeah, at least he hasn't denied the the sexting. Don't know about the other stuff. Uh, Thanks, Nemo. Appreciate the call. 14 before 5 here on the uh, Bobby Mack Show. Take a quick break here. Step aside for a minute and then come right back on the other side here on Hump Day on WORD. Great to have you along. 4:52 now. It's uh, coming up on uh, eight minutes before five. Uh, hey, uh, MoneyPenny, do you have uh, you have our uh, number one hits handy there? Uh, this is of course uh, <clears throat> Wednesday, the seventh day of October, which means we we now have had a full week in October, and so we do this uh, just about every month. We go back and uh, review some of the uh, the top hits from uh, years gone by. So uh, without further ado, here are the number one songs from the first week in October from the past four decades. See how many uh, of these you can name the artists. Some of them are easy. Here we go. Number one,
1: this week in music history, 40 years ago. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone, and another one gone, another one buys the dust in. Thirty years ago, I can't live without your man.
3: There you go. The number one song's first week of October over the uh, past four decades. How many of those you get, Money Penny? All of them. You got all of them? Yeah, I like music. Yeah, there you go. 1980 was where we started. Queen, of course, another one bites the dust. 1990, Nelson, Can't Live Without Your Love. 2000, Nelson's Twin Boys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, 2000 uh, Music by Madonna and 2010 Bruno Mars, just the way they are. By the way, uh, Madonna and Bruno uh, tied for four weeks at number one. So there you go. A little flashback for you in on the uh, text line. Uh, Bobby, thanks a lot for making me feel old. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, That's what we're here for. Uh, Bobby, I'm close to your age, and you remember—you may remember when the term prejudiced was used rather than racist. Maybe we should go back to using prejudiced. Well, and everybody is prejudiced in one shape, form, or fashion. I mean, we, we exhibit prejudice every day in, in our choices, you know, whether we buy a domestic uh, manufactured car or a foreign car. Uh, whether we buy a Coke over Pepsi, Pepsi, uh, whatever it may be. Um, uh, Bobby saw the woman's husband who was an injured veteran uh, said released. uh, The, uh, the texts are fake. He has seen the real ones and they are bad in all caps. Wow. Uh, Bobby, apparently several ladies know him well. Better stay away from runaround Cal. (laughs) Uh, Bobby, it's also a butt-kicking offense. Yeah, in addition to the (laughs) Uniform Code of Military Justice. Uh, Bobby, how has no one talked about Biden's 1988 run for president and the debacle that was? He had to quit the campaign due to plagiarism. And lying, I've talked about it a bunch. Uh, there is a, in fact, uh, I had it here maybe yesterday, maybe the day before, that was a, a full roundup of how his Biden's 1988 presidential campaign blew up. Again, uh, as the texter said, because uh, uh, plagiarism issues and his lying, he had stolen almost verbatim a campaign speech from a British politician named Neil Kinnock. Uh, he also had borrowed without attribution and put into his own speeches the words of uh, Robert uh, Kennedy, uh, JFK, uh, and others. Uh, Bobby, I don't know. It seems to me like any kind of a sex scandal these days is a resume enhancement for a Democrat candidate. Gotcha. Wow. Uh, well, Bobby, you know, saying you're sorry just makes it all okay. And this, Bobby, I can't believe we live in a world where a man's mistress can't even trust him to not cheat on her with someone other than his wife. <laughs> what a world, what a world. Stand by the five o'clock follies is on the way next here on the Bobby Mac show.